Yes, yes, yes. Trey and I will get to the schedule release in football momentarily for the Virginia Tech Hokies and the Virginia Cavaliers. That will be a topic in about 15 minutes, fast five at five-ish, a little bit later today. But if you're a fundamentalist, you know this is the place for you. No, I'm not talking politically or religiously. Yes, I'm willing to be outspoken. I'm a Christian libertarian, but I'm of the belief that in this country, you're free to believe what you wish. That's the beauty of this country. And we try to be as tolerant of other people and, um, frankly, polite to people that may disagree with our beliefs here in the fast lane because there's not nearly enough of that in the world today. And sadly, that's the case. But if you're a fundamentalist in a basketball sense... Oh, this is definitely the spot for you. Because we've lauded that before. Look, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Liberty, JMU in men's basketball. Heck, every team in the Commonwealth of Virginia in men's basketball has to have some level of fundamentals to succeed at a high level. There is no North Carolina or Duke caliber program with five-star recruits, cachet, quote, blue blood, end quote, level. Doesn't mean you can't win. We saw Virginia win a national championship before Virginia Tech. They made a Sweet 16 as well. If the the shots don't go in late, maybe they even make it to the Elite Eight that year. So it's possible. But you just have to do it a different way. And if you're going to win, you got to embody kind of where you are as a program. And fundamentalists, in a basketball sense, should love and appreciate that. Now, okay, maybe a little bit different for Virginia Tech women's basketball. But again, I don't think talent-wise... They certainly don't have a Caitlin Clark as great as Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor are. I don't think they're as deep of a roster as an LSU when they're fully bought in or South Carolina as well. And maybe Debbie Antonelli will join us around 5.30 today. We'll disagree. She covers men's and women's basketball, so she can certainly put us in our place if necessary. Stay tuned to hear if she does, in fact, have to do that. But if you like fundamental basketball, then this final call that you heard last night of Virginia Tech's 76-71 victory against Boston College embodies the beauty of that game. Dribbling down the court is Harris. Harris throws up a right wing three, and it will not go. Around the rim, rebound coming away for Hunter Couture. He'll dribble this one out, and the Hokies will make it back-to-back wins in the ACC. They come back into Castle and take care of business on a Tuesday night. Unbelievable. What a game. 16 of 16 at the free throw line. Great job by the Hokies. Great job defending. Unbelievable work. Balance and scoring. Shorthanded tonight. Three guys out, but the Hokies found a way to get this win. 16 of 16 from the free throw line. If you're like me, and yes, I I can appreciate a time and place for the more artistic athletic skill set that basketball can enable. You know me. I'm not an NBA regular season fan, but when the playoffs get here, you know the old saying, playoff LeBron, because that's not the same as regular season LeBron. Frankly, playoff, insert most NBA players here, it's actually a really good product. It's just in the regular season, it kind of is a snooze fest when load management comes in. College basketball is different. These guys are learning to play a, a more rigorous grind. And don't give me the whole AAU basketball thing. I get that you know there's you know offense in ba- AAU basketball, but there's not the structure defensively that you get, uh, and you have to go up against at the better college level. But if you like fundamental basketball, last night was a good example of that. And frankly, Virginia Tech's win against NC State to an extent was that way, as have been their recent performances, and, and of course Virginia and. Liberty as well, finding their form in men's basketball. Those are all positives from the the games that we saw. So this is a good thing if you like it. 
16 of 16 from the free throw line. I mean, Trey, that made my heart melt as a basketball fan. From somebody that has no skill whatsoever when it comes to playing basketball, the one thing that is all, well, two things. If you don't give effort defensively, it always annoys me because I could go out and at least give effort defensively. I may not do much, but I could at least put forth the effort. That drives me nuts. But the other one is making free throws. Because even me, as a scrawny, five foot 11, 150-pound dude, I could go out and practice free throws and try to make them. So if you can't get it figured out, I understand there's some mental blocks there and, and injuries can make it a lot easier said than done. But that's always frustrating, which is why that was so beautiful last night. And a big part of Virginia Tech getting a win against the Boston College team that frankly always stresses you. And the teams that generally beat Boston College, especially in the Earl Grant era, but even in prior runs, the teams that beat Boston College are the teams that play fundamental basketball and most of them in the ACC have a talent advantage as well. You combine those two, you beat Boston College. Virginia Tech found that out last night. Yeah, I mean, they they executed down the stretch, which has been somewhat of an issue for the you know this team, especially against this opponent. Um, and I think ultimately they're showing signs of improvement. I think um, these are the games. If you know last year they didn't win, if you're going to make the tournament, you're on the fringes right now probably on the outside looking in as we talk but luckily you have a good non-con and Iowa State keeps winning which is a big help keep rooting for them if you're a Virginia Tech fan and uh getting the win last night and it's it's not like I think the fact that they finally like now it's never going to be a talking point going in the game against Boston College like it'd be different if like they never beat Duke or they never beat Northgate like that makes sense they're you know the blue bloods of the conference but you never beat Boston College, and they've been a bottom-dwelling team in the conference, what, every, every year since Mike Young has joined the league or become the coach? So you finally get that done. It's just, it's good. It's positive momentum. It's a game you had to win. You need to win on Saturday, and then you, you build up a momentum for a, you know, a game against a Duke team that's starting to get healthy, and that could be, you know, that, that could be, if you... I think if you're competitive in that game, then it, you still build momentum as you get into the heart of ACC play. Because last year felt like this was the, you know, they kind of stumbled out of the gate, then they got a little bit of momentum, they played Boston College, and then that's when it kind of, you know, the stumble kept happening. So it it's two steps forward, not a one step back like it was last year, and going 16 of 16 from the free throw line, that's winning basketball. That's perf- That's execution. That's winning basketball. And, you know, unfortunately, Boston College hit enough free throws as well that the fans didn't get bacon. But uh, we'll, li- we'll live to fight another day with that. Yeah, the whole missed free throws for bacon. Uh, two missed free two- throws in the second half for the opposing team. Uh, the crowd gets bacon. Uh, it's a gift. It's like a gift certificate for a free pack of bacon. Trey, thank you for clarifying that because you know me. I'm a turkey so, bacon hey, guy, well, so I need your help on it's that. It's just a Smithfield gift card. I've, I have, uh, as someone who has attended those games when bacon's on the line, and even as media maybe have, uh, as I was walking out going to a press conference, got they handed me one of those coupons, and I did not say no to the free bacon because who doesn't like bacon? I mean, you would do that, Trey, but then in our defense. Ooh, wait a minute. Hold Wait, up, hold up, hold up. But if I, he, like me solo, I think... I think, I think most media asked, people, because we're David, not exactly... We asked, if we asked David Cunningham, we asked Mike Barber, we asked David Teal. I mean, 
I think, well, maybe not David Teal. He's a Hall of Famer. But even you. He's on that big budget salary. But yeah, for, so, for most peasants in the media. Uh, if we ask, you know, you know, you know what? Davian Sorlet finally came back to Castle last night to cover a game. I, we sh- I wonder if, if bacon was earned last night, would he have taken a coupon? Because my guess is yes. That's a really good question, Trey. That's one we have to file away the next time we chat with Damian Sortolette of Roanoke.com. I do always have to pause because I'm so used to saying newsadvance.com because we had him on for years. But yes, that, that's a very good point. Um, you know, I don't even know if we can pose this at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, or Trey Lyle VT unless there are other media folks listening because, you know, most normal fans, that's the bacon is for them. So of course you would take it. But if you're at a Tech or a Virginia game and that's offered to you, uh, please let us know. Fast Lane, Ed Lane, or Trey Lyle VT on the socials. Uh, but it goes back to the point we discussed. That was a darn good win, as Mike Young noted when he spoke. In the post-game show on the Virginia Tech Radio Network, as you hear every Virginia Tech game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. I thought it was a darn good win. Um, uh, Boston College has a good outfit. I've watched them play a lot here the last 48 hours, Sunday, Monday. Yes, they are a good team. They're not great, but they're fundamentally sound. They play tough. And as we noted a moment ago, historically, but especially with Earl Grant, if you have fundamentals and play tough and you're connected, Most ACC teams have more talent than Boston College. They are the classic measuring stick for you in the ACC. If you're disjointed, they beat you because, you know, they work together as a team. But if you're actually working together, you're probably going to beat them because you have more talent than BC does. That's what makes it a, a real challenging job among many other things. And to their credit last night, Virginia Tech did lots of the little things, as Mike Young elaborated on and touched on many different ones in addition going 16 of 16 from the line they out rebounded us and that's discouraging uh we've been a we've been a good rebounding team we weren't today um but other than that i thought we were in good places defensively we scrapped we had 25 deflections which is very important to us i thought we were really really good offensively i thought uh, the ball moved 11 turnovers better yes 11 turnovers that's a lot better than what we've seen in prior times. And another positive thing that came out of that performance last night for Virginia Tech, fewer turnovers, they made all their free throws, they got physical with Boston College. It's not scrappy in a lot of ways, but this is not a team that has the talent right now, as we've alluded to many times, similar to Virginia, although I think the overall talent at Virginia is better than Virginia Tech. But neither one of them are in the spot where they can just rely on out-talenting you. They're not Kentucky or Carolina, or Duke, and even then, we saw the perils of when you're not connected last night for Kentucky losing at South Carolina, and we've seen it at other times, like Saturday, Duke losing at home to Pitt. When you're connected and everything's together and organized and you have stability, which Duke doesn't have right now with uh, Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor both out of the lineup, it's an issue. Carolina, they've avoided that. They've got a great blend right now, but those are all things that have to go into the works and into consideration. Speaking of things that are worth your consideration, it's worth considering whether you actually have the best auto insurance policy to protect you. I'm confident that I can say I do because I've gone to Gardner Insurance Solutions on Old Forest Road in Lynchburg. I gave them my home insurance and my auto insurance policy so they could shop and get the best rate. Maybe not just the best rate, which is part of it. The best rate doesn't always mean the cheapest rate, by the way. Let me be clear on that. The best rate does not equal the cheapest rate. The best rate is the one that provides you the coverage that you need in case unforeseen things happen and you just need to make sure you're covered. That's the value of Gardner Insurance Solutions, Old Forest Road, and Lynchburg. 
Um, what he said, what he meant. Tony Bennett. Are they going to totally change their offensive philosophy? Well, let's go ahead and try to interpret that, that right now in this edition of what he said and what he meant. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things, and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing, and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So Tony Bennett mentioned how the Virginia Cavaliers played much better after their early deficit and how they adjusted defensively. He elaborated on how that started with Ryan Dunn, who is the most athletically gifted player right now on this roster, the one player right now projected to be a top 15 pick. If, or maybe when, he comes out for the upcoming NBA draft. If you can't guard the ball well, it's it's almost no matter what your defensive system is, it's no good. So we guard it better. I thought Ryan was really active and kept us in there with his defense and his activity on the glass. Tony Bennett, after the win against Georgia Tech, Ryan was active defensively and on the glass. And again, it's not flashy, but the point that they're selling is what that means in the NBA, yes, you're also selling it with a chance to win games in college basketball, and that's part of it. But you are selling what it means in the NBA, and that's something for Ryan done right now that he can provide. But there's the other part to this also, and that is you have to get something offensively. It doesn't have to be there all the time, but did Tony Bennett kind of intimate that maybe they're changing their philosophy a little bit based on how they got clutch offense against Georgia Tech? And I thought Reese made some good plays to set that up. We needed that. Um, you know, I, Jake, I got on him in a timeout. He passed up a three, and I think he had an out-of-body experience. He thought he was going to jump over everyone and dunk, and, uh, you know, he's obviously going to do it. But to see them step up, especially after that play, Jake, and knock it down huge, and then IMAC, you know, you look at him, I think he was 6-9 um, and nine from three, and uh, some of the he, he bailed us out. We had a bad possession. They went zone, and we were kind of um, not organized, and then it just rolled out too many. You know, sometimes you need those for momentum, but to make some plays down the stretch offensively was very important. Wait, did he just say make plays down the stretch offensively was very important? I mean, what he meant is not that they're going to compromise defensively, but what he, I think, has said and meant, and we've been around Tony Bennett long enough. He's been there for over 15 years. Plenty of us in the media and those that are fans have heard what he's had to say is he's willing to emphasize that a little bit more because He's seen that, yes, you need to play well defensively, and they're not going to compromise that. But I think with Dante Harris back and available, and they provide he provides an extra option to handle the bar, ball at guard, to lighten the load for Reese Speakman more on that momentarily, and Jordan Miner down in the post, giving Virginia something defensively and being selfless enough to take on that role, that it does provide Virginia the opportunity to also emphasize offense because Tony Bennett, you know, it's... It's it's the safe space. He can trust the defense is good and feel safe that that's going to keep them in ball games. And certainly, it's a, going to be a point of emphasis tonight against North Carolina State, considering how the Wolfpack blitzed Virginia in the second half of that game after that late first half half court three that Virginia gave up. And so Virginia. They've overemphasized the defense now, and they've gotten that, and now they're starting to emphasize offense. Now, is Tony Bennett flexing a little bit? Is he getting a little bit more liberal in his demands? 
he might have gone there when he said this about what Reese Beekman did against Georgia Tech and what that means going forward. Reese finds that balance. You know, his stat line was 19 and 11. Um, you know, that that's it. You know, he's got to be more assertive for us, but it can't just be all. It has to be create for others, and that's that's who he is, and he's improved. So to see him on the offensive end do that was big time. And, and he, every now and then he takes a few possessions off uh, defensively, and I get on him about that. But then when he's locked in, he can deflect balls and make some plays. Um, and, uh, you know, guys came up with some big rebounds. I get him on that when he takes some possessions off defensively. Notice how kind of a little bit of a grace period. You know, you one or two here or there. All right, I get it if you're giving us something offensively. There's not going to be more than that, though. And that's the thing. You know, if you have one, maybe you can kind of get away with it. But more than that, it becomes an issue. This is not where you're allowed to do that to a an extent that's detrimental to the team. But it's also situational awareness, understanding it, and trusting with a guy like Reese Beekman at Virginia compared to the majority of players on that roster who just have not played the volume of games that Reese has and been in the higher leverage moments where you know that they know what they're doing and they're managing themselves appropriately for the right times. And that's a trust factor for Tony Bennett. But, you know, a slight grace period and changing his structure are two totally different things. A little bit of grace for Reese Beekman? Yeah, I think Tony Bennett is actually granting some of that. But allowing the emphasis to change from defense to offense, I would not go that far for the Virginia Cavaliers. Speaking of going far, if you're just not going far enough in your physical activities, it's probably because you're not equipped with the right apparel. And that's where InsaneRadioDeals.com can help. Fleet Feet Roanoke gift cards. If you want to go to the Star City and shop at Fleet Feet Roanoke, they are extremely helpful. Or if you want to go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and grab those gift cards, you can also use those online to shop for the right products for you if you know what you want and you've already been to Fleet Feet Roanoke to get fitted with what you need whether it's supplemental-wise, the nutrition side of things, maybe it's the right apparel, shirts and shorts, maybe it's the right shoes and sock combination, whatever you need, that's where InsaneRadioDeals.com can be your starting spot. So visit InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, plenty more ACC basketball in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. ACC basketball action last night. Duke. It wasn't pretty. They led by 11 at half at Louisville. That margin got cut down to seven at a couple different junctures, including early in the second half. But ultimately, they prevailed. I mean, we'll probably say this as well about Virginia's trip to Louisville this coming weekend. We're just not looking past the game tonight against NC State. NC State more on that momentarily. But you just can't afford to lose to Louisville in the ACC. They are a bad team right now at 6-13. And, and ultimately, Duke found a way to win. You're without Proctor. You're without Roach. You're still cobbling pieces together. Excuse me, you got Proctor back, but you're without Roach at Duke. You need to find ways to win those games when there's that much talent at Duke and there's enough to be resourceful. Speaking of finding ways to win, I know Judah Mintz had 28 points for Syracuse last night, but that defensive performance was atrocious against Florida State. They give up 50 in the second half. Look, I've praised Red Autry at Syracuse quite a bit, and their defense has been good at times, but they just have too many head-scratching losses right now. Blowout losses at Carolina and Virginia, a home loss to Florida State, and yes, the Knowles, as bad as they were in the non-conference lead, and they have some awful losses, Lipscomb being one of them, uh, that's not going to look good on Selection Sunday. 
they're a thorn in the side of teams in the ACC, and we continue to see that right now. Meanwhile, Pitt against Georgia Tech, uh, that's one of those where I'll just say a game was played in the ACC. There's not much more to add. And, of course, earlier in the show, we touched on Virginia Tech's 76-71 win against Boston College. That will come up momentarily at Fastlane, Ed Lamer, you listen to podcasts right when the show wraps up. Number four. Speaking of ACC basketball, we flip the calendar to this evening because the Virginia Cavaliers battle NC State. 7 o'clock tip. Also at 7, Miami is at Notre Dame. Again, this is a Miami team with home losses to Florida State, which doesn't look great, but most notably Louisville, which is a real bad loss right now. Miami needs a bounce-back win in the worst way possible. I get why they're only a five-point favorite at Notre Dame, which has been a, a challenging place to go and play, but right now, yeah, Miami needs to win this game. It's not a how, it's just an if to get it done. Meanwhile, for Virginia, look, NC State uh, maybe slipping a little bit after the loss to Virginia Tech. But they did win at home last week against Wake Forest. Virginia, they've been undefeated at John Paul Jones Arena. This is a revenge spot. I get why the line is hovering around Virginia minus six. It seems a little too rich for a lot of people's blood, and I get that. It kind of is for me as well. But I get it because Virginia right now, they're playing very good basketball at home, and maybe they found something with their new lineup additions of Dante Harris and Jordan Minor. I I do like Virginia to win. I'm uncomfortable with the number of six, but the revenge angle for Virginia, the fact that they're at home and NC State's on the road and the ACC, I get it. It's not been as arduous in road games as in prior years, but those are certainly scenarios that are also worth considering. We pivot from basketball to football. Number three. TJ Finley, one of those guys. Yes, quarterback who has been at LSU and Auburn. Not the Hugh Freeze quarterback whisperer Auburn, but the Brian Horson disastrous Auburn. Then at Texas State, has now committed to Western Kentucky. Threw for almost 3,500 yards last year and 24 touchdowns this past season. Um, I think it's a poor man's version of what Liberty's done with guys like Caden Salter, Quentin Cooley, and others. And that is finding the talent from Power 5 bounce backs at other spots. Finley just doesn't have the resume of other players. I get what Western Kentucky and what they're trying to do. Finley on his talent and with that offensive system when it's actually working might still be enough to put them in the top part of the Conference USA race. But uh, as of right now, I have a tough time putting TJ Finley above Caden Salter as another Power 5 bounce back who has accomplished much more at Liberty. Number two. The ACC releasing their football schedule, starting with the Virginia Cavaliers, because, well, let's be honest, much less is expected from Virginia this year. They open their slate at home against Richmond and then immediately start ACC play at Wake Forest, followed by home dates against Maryland at Coastal Carolina, and then a bye week before battling Boston College, Louisville, Clemson, and North Carolina with three of those at home, but challenging games. Um, Again, it's a prove-it-till-you-see-it moment for Virginia, but as much as Virginia has struggled with Wake Forest, this is a, a, a spot where if you're Virginia and you're dealing with the coach on the hot seat, you should start out 2-0. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a 2-0 start. And again, try to be 2-2 after the first four games of the year. Because there are spots where you could still sneak in and pick up wins before it gets real challenging. The close, the final four games of the year after that November 2nd bye for Virginia, at Pitt, at Notre Dame, 
Home against SMU, that's a highly recruited SMU team. They are very well resourced, not just the Pony Express days, but since then, and funneling plenty of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And then, of course, they go to Virginia Tech, which everyone would consider a loss, at least people with a reasonable mind. Speaking of the Virginia Tech Hokies. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. So we knew about the non-conference portion of their schedule. At Vanderbilt, home to Marshall, at Old Dominion. They're not getting out of that series just yet, maybe after this year. And then home against Rutgers and a short week turnaround to Miami, followed by a trip to Stanford. Virginia Tech should start off 5-1, and one, at worst 4-2, and two, maybe 6-0. and oh. But it is a bit of a tricky situation because you've got Old Dominion on the road. Rutgers is an extremely physical team. Then you go to a Miami team. They have no clue what they're doing with quarterbacks and in a lot of cases offense. But they certainly have a very good offensive and defensive line. And it's early in the year before the Miami Hurricanes have entered the checkout line. I don't like that, nor do I like the fact that after a trip to Syracuse, which has been a house of horrors, for Virginia Tech. Before that, they've got Boston College Thursday night and Georgia Tech. Those are navigable games. But then they're at Syracuse. They have stocked very well in the transfer portal. And then you've got a home date against Clemson, a team I would have rather gotten early in the year before they get things figured out. Now, they have a bye, then Duke and Virginia after that. Those are both very winnable games. But there are some tricky spots for Virginia Tech as well. I was going to say is uh, one part I like about the schedule is that time frame. Um, if you're going to travel to California, you might as well have as much time as possible before you go and then after you go just because of the, t- the adjustment. And you're going to have an extra day, you know, extra day to get ready for Stanford. And then you have the bye week after. I think their bye weeks are in a really good spot because I would argue Miami and Clemson are the two games you're going to be probably beat up the most after. And having the bye week after Clemson is really big as well. So um, also best quarterback they face on here is cam ward um i would feel really good about that yes that Actually, is wait wait a minute i i messed up best quarterback they face on here of course is future sec player of the year diego pavia at vanderbilt My well bad. i forgot about that i forgot it's okay liberty fans will forgive you as well but yes um i think i'm you're not seeing kidding it, about that but he is a transfer to vanderbilt he is no joke um but yes Good spot for Virginia Tech in your eyes. I see some potential traps, but nothing they should not be able to well, navigate. I agree with you about this uh, Syracuse being the trap game with the. But I, I was just saying like, like and and the back to back weeks of travel to Miami and to Stanford are not ideal. I'm just saying timing wise, like if they had to play, let's say play Miami on a Saturday, like that one day is a big difference. We're going to find out how well Virginia Tech plays in stale environments pretty early because Miami may have nobody there on a Friday night, I, and I don't care when you play at Stanford. I don't think well, many people show I, up to that. What I was going to say is it's in October, so it's going to be, well, anywhere in California is nice, but I, I think the fact that they're, this is the first time they're playing at Stanford, or at least within recent memory, um, I, I think uh, I, I bet you a lot of fans travel for that game. And there is your Fast Five at five Speaking of ACC basketball, when we come back, Debbie Antonelli, ACC Network and ESPN Analyst, next in the Fast Lane.